From painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking, KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. COVID-19 has affected us all, but the performing arts industry has been impacted particularly hard. Every link in the arts chain has been weakened, from venues to performers. Today on Artbeat, we speak with Cynthia and Brian Knopf, siblings and co-owners of Ed's No Name Bar. Ed's is one of the most revered venues in the Winona community and is struggling as COVID impacts every aspect of their business. Thank you so much for joining okay. me. Uh, if you guys could introduce yourselves. Hi, my name is uh, Cynthia Noft and I'm co-owner of uh, No Name Bar. And uh, I'm Brian Noft, uh, co-owner of No Name Bar as well. Awesome. Uh, besides owning Ed's No Name Bar, what other things are you involved with around Winona? We, um, uh, two years ago, we got a grant to um, host a Halloween block party um, in downtown Winona uh, on that block with Blooming Grounds and Yarnology. And so we uh, put on a little festival with um, pumpkin carving, face painting, performers puppet shows a big haunted graveyard um and we did that in 2018 and then we took a year off and then this year we were able to do it again um it was much smaller because of covid but um we were pretty excited to be able to host that again or be a part of it it was part of a larger main street program initiative mm -hmm. um so we we were able to contribute our haunted graveyard part to that. Hmm. In what ways is the role of a venue unique to the performing arts scene? Oh, uh... Unique to the performing arts scene? Yeah, I mean, how does it differ from other roles, and wh what sort of role does it put you guys into? Well, I think it kind of sets us apart from just being a regular bar. Um... You know, uh, the majority of our clientele come in for shows. Um, that's why it's been so hard during the shutdown and, and not being able to have shows. So I think it gives uh, people an avenue for to, to, you know, do something different, support local artists and local bands. I would also say that um, we're able to get some great up-and-coming bands, Um you know, not just through Midwest Music Festival, but also um, Minnesota artists that are doing really well in the Twin Cities and um, having them or hosting them at the venue allows people to, you know, see these performers in a more intimate setting mm -hmm. because it is smaller uh, rather than seeing them at a large club or um, something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, I've had the pleasure of covering a couple of shows at Ed's and one thing that the performers were so sort of evocative and they thought was really special was Ed's itself as a venue and how important it is to them as a band and to the community. What do you guys think makes Ed's No Name unique? I think it's, I think we're, we're, we kind of set ourselves apart because it's, um, it's part bar, it's part live music venue, but it's also part art gallery because we, we have uh, rotating artists every four to six weeks 
local artists uh, display their work in there. Uh, so the so the walls are constantly changing and, and kind of evolving. So that that gives it a little bit different vibe. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just an, an energy in the building that's like in the space itself um, that kind of sets it apart. That's different. Kind of hard to pinpoint. Yeah. I think that's sort of hard to convey over audio, but yeah, having been there, it's special. There's definitely energy there. Mm-hmm. What has been yeah. the favorite shows that you guys have seen and booked at Ed's? Oh, I would say that probably the first Midwest Music Festival that we hosted after acquiring the bar. Um and uh, it was just a really great lineup The you know, Parker and his team really did a great job, you know, selecting the musicians. And it, it was just it was such a fun weekend. Um, another great show that I've seen is Mark Malman. He was he was pretty phenomenal to watch him perform. Yeah. Oh, we also had this French rockabilly band. Yeah, that was great. Johnny, Johnny Montreal. Hmm. Um, they were a group of guys that lived in a gypsy caravan in France. Wow. And they were doing a U.S. tour and came through here. It was amazing. Uh, give me a little bit about the history of Ed's, sort of how long you guys have been involved with it and then what it was before you guys got involved. Um, well, Ed opened the place in uh, 2007. When he took over, it was like April of 2007. <clears throat> and when he first started, I mean, it was just a bar that um, he just opened to kind of have his friends come in and and hang out. Um, and that eventually evolved into what it is now. Slowly, they, they started, you know, there was just this tiny little stage and they would do small performances. And then it eventually just kind of built into what it is. You know, he didn't have that second room. Um, he actually used to live back there. Um, and then he took over that space and kind of opened it up and knocked that hole in the wall by the stage. And it just kind of grew into what it is now pretty organically. I would say, um, we were both gone. We were both living in LA at the time. So we didn't get back permanently till 2017, um like may of 2017 but um we almost immediately um started going to ed's like we just found i don't even remember how we found it we just oh i think uh robert was doing a dj night and he invited us down yeah yeah and it i had never been in the space before yeah and immediately just felt at home and you know i would say that almost all of the friends I have in Winona I made in that bar. Yeah. Um, so Same. it's, uh, it has a really special meaning for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so we heard that Ed wanted to sell the bar um, in the, the summer of uh, 2018. And uh, we're like approached him and told him that we were interested and, that was probably in June of 2018. And mm-hmm. um, it was really important to all of us to kind of keep his vision. So when we 
took over, we didn't really change much. We made some um, improvements, um, cosmetic improvements and um, other things as well. But like we wanted to keep that same vibe going, that same feeling, um, really expand like the music more. Um, and, uh, you know, it took six months of talking with Ed and like, really kind yeah. of sitting down and working things out and getting to know each other better. And, um, and then we transitioned and we kept the same staff. Um, we, you know, didn't want to, we didn't even really make any big announcements that we had taken over the bar because we wanted the seamless transition. Um, and that's, you know, it's still, we're still doing the same thing you know, almost two years later, it'll be yeah. two years in December. Paint me a vignette of Ed as somebody who's never met him or heard anything about him, really. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like That's a unique tough. character. Kind of, he is. Yeah, he's kind of a hermit. He's, he's a really, you know, he's very unassuming. He's very, um, you know, uh, a very quiet private person um really i mean and just like i don't know he's like he's super smart he loves to travel he goes to spain um he's just a really good guy you know but he's he's really private and um it's like if you see him out in public it's it's like seeing bigfoot <laughs> you know there's been an ed sighting <laughs> that's fascinating yeah he's a He's a really good, a really good guy. And uh, tell me a little bit about your LA experience and sort of the journey. Like, what what brings you to Winona from LA? Did it start somewhere, and just what brought you back to Winona? We were originally from here, and we grew up here, but we left after you know very shortly after high school, um, and moved up to the cities. We came back because of um, uh, family things um our parents you know were sick um and we actually came back to take care of our mother and then when she passed um we realized that we weren't going to be able to continue living out of in la and take care of the things that we needed to take care of here um so we moved back um but my experience in la was not in bars or um hospitality um, I had worked in that industry, but, you know, in college and whatnot, but, um, I was a, I'm a tech person. Like I had a digital media company. Um, I worked at, you know, social media company. Um, and so that was my background, like programming and project management. Um, but Brian's background was always in, um, music industry. Yeah. I was in live music uh, production in los angeles for the, pretty much the whole time i was up there um and that's kind of my background um so i've been doing it for 20 plus years that's fascinating and how do you guys combine your talents sort of and what skills do you bring cynthia from the digital media sphere to the event management sphere sure well um we're pretty our we're pretty split on, you know, our roles in the company. Um, I 
I work at the bar. Um, I love bartending. I love making drinks. Um, but behind the scenes, I do like ordering payroll for employees. Um, but I also um, manage their social media um, and also do the designs for any of the posters coming out for shows um, and that type of thing. Brian. Yeah. And then, uh, so, and then of course my duties extend more into the, the live music production aspect of it, which is dead in the water right now, obviously. Um, and then I handle all the books and everything. So, um, which was a, a big part of what I did out in LA as well at the uh, venue I worked at. So it's kind of works really well with the partnership, the way that we split the duties up because we both, we both have our own little area that we excel in and it, it kind of splits it evenly like down the middle. Mm -hmm. Cool. So this sort of series is on the pulse of performing arts in the pandemic. So let's go a little bit into sort of the challenges that you guys are with. So what challenges does Ed's face on one hand as a venue and on the other hand as a bar? I would say the biggest challenge at this point is financial. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's very little revenue being driven into the place. Even, you know, we have some very loyal customers that, that, come in a few times a week um there's a happy hour crowd and there's a late night crowd um but our biggest driver of, of revenue is shows and not being able to have shows is it's killing us um i mean we're 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 able to just keep the lights on now but with a new order that took effect um where bars have to close at 10 p.m it's that's going to further cut our revenue and then um possible shutdown today with bars um yeah he's addressing at 6 p.m tonight too yeah and i think we're looking at a shutdown probably through the end of the year wow so that's been the financial the financial impact has been has been the biggest one you know we took a we took a lot of steps um that i didn't see other places do i built plexiglass shields for the bar um the, uh, the policing of masks and social distancing and, you know, all that. We tried to, we did a couple of backyard shows in fall that were more acoustic, um, seated only, which was nice to be able to get a little bit of music in there again. Mm -hmm. um, but it was very short-lived. It was only like two shows. Is, yeah, and it, it just got too cold too fast yeah. to continue that. Um, from a bar standpoint, you know, we do have really great loyal customers. And when we created a, a little online store earlier um, in the summer, when we had to do our first shutdown, um, they bought up everything. Like we ran out of everything. Um, and when we reopened, we, we made the choice to just not open after Waltz said, it's okay for bars to reopen again. We made the decision not to because um, I just wasn't feeling safe bartending. Mm -hmm. And, if, you know, and then I think once that citywide mask mandate and then the statewide mask mandate came into play and um, I felt better, I felt safer bartending because people had to wear the masks. Um, whereas before um, we encouraged mask wearing, but it wasn't required. <clears throat> 
and uh, there was a lot of early on um, arguing with people about masks and all that, but um, we tried to switch it up when we reopened and focus more on the cocktails. Um, so we added some, you know, we try to put out new drinks like every, every week or every two weeks. And um, so we kind of switched out the focus from, you know, just beer and, and, rail drinks to you know like mojitos and now i'm doing some special hot chocolate drinks and mm-hmm. to kind of bring people in we also have the fire pit in the backyard um people like to gather around that and um sit outside so we're lucky that we have the patio in the back um that we're able to do that because a lot of places don't have a outdoor seating and we probably have the biggest patio space in downtown we know for a bar yeah yeah it's definitely forced us to get creative to find other avenues of revenue. Yeah. We ha- we hosted a couple of dog birthday parties. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's tough, especially when this is just such a unique resource to the community. Yeah, it is. It's, it, it's, it is tough. It's tough for everyone. Um, you know, everybody's feeling it. What do you think the path forward is for, I mean, for Ed's as a venue, but also for us as a community to ensure that performing arts continue can continue to exist? Um, well, I think um, with, you know, we're going to be putting more products up. Um, you know, you can support your venues by, you know, buying gift certificates or buying drink chips or product. Um, That'll help bring a little bit of revenue in. But I mean, I don't know if we're going to be realistically looking at any kind of indoor performances until spring. Spring at least, if not summer or early fall next year. Mm -hmm. I think it's probably the best case scenario. Um, I mean, we can do some outdoor stuff in the summer but inside performances it's too risky yeah with vocals and singing and cheering and yeah yeah i think it's just a matter of trying to keep the lights on until this is over is really what it comes down to mhm and then you know it'll probably be it'll probably phase back in I think with music I don't think it's going to be like oh okay it's over and all of a sudden next September we have you know shows booked every Friday and Saturday it's probably yeah. going to be a little sporadic at first testing the waters so you know best case a full schedule is, is going to be at least a year out which is horrible to think about yeah it's really but, tough at this point, we're just kind of like day by day. Yeah. And that's the way we've been approaching it since the beginning. Like, just have to take it one yeah. day at a time. I, I mean, mean, the best thing that people can do is, is, like Cindy said, support the venues, you know. Come in and buy drink chips and use them later. Or if you don't feel comfortable in a bar or buy merch. or That's really just every little bit of support to keep the venues alive until this is over is really what it's about right now. Before the first shutdown, um, the night, the last night that we could stay open, um, we had so many of our customers come in and just buy up 
all like tons of drink chips. And they're like, we'll use them when we, re you know, when we reopen. But, you know, it was a way for them to support us and help keep some money coming in. And where can people go to to help support you guys? So just like where can people find ads digitally? Uh, right now, the best bet would be to go on Facebook and I'll put we have an online store, but we don't have a lot of merchandise in there. So when we do get that restocked, I'll post on the Facebook page. That's the best place right now. We don't really have a website going, but um, uh, Facebook is where all the info is. And um, what has been the biggest lesson of COVID for you guys? Oh. <laughs> Not taking anything for granted? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, totally. Um, I guess the other thing is, you know, there's just so much that's out of your control, you know. And I think that's been kind of a lesson that we've just learned in our life in the last like five years. Like, you never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks again to Cynthia and Brian for speaking with me today. Check out Ed's No Name Bar on Instagram and Facebook to find out how to best support them during this time. Tune in next Tuesday at 12.30 for another episode of The Pulse of the Performing Arts. For more arts and culture conversations, Tune into Artbeat Tuesdays at 12:30 right here on 89.5 KQAL or on the KQAL app. I'm Matt Drury and we just heard Cynthia and Brian Nuft talking about Ed's No Name Bar on Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org. Is art an important part of your life? Tune into Artbeat Tuesdays at 12:30 right here on 89.5 KQAL. Artbeat is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.